Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear this complete conversation as well as recent shows featuring guests discussing new cases of the troubling cattle mutilation phenomenon, worrisome instances of clandestine CIA torture, and the evidence that the lost city of Atlantis may have really once existed. Check out these programs and many other fascinating episodes waiting for you in the Coast to Coast Archive by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Linda Sullivan with us, of course, a radio veteran and host and metaphysician. Dr. Linda Sullivan was not born with psychic gifts. No, no, no. A series of devastating accidents transformed her life. And with each of these experiences, her spiritual connection to the universe and these psychic gifts began to grow. Spiritual awakenings resulting from a plane crash, fire truck, and another near-death experience with a white light causing her to seek out ways to integrate her education and experiences to help others with this path. Linda, welcome back. And my gosh, you've got six lives left. Don't waste them, huh? George, thank you so much for having me tonight. That's funny. Yeah, I, I, I keep going. I don't want to keep uh, having accidents. That's, that's a thing of the past, I think. How have you been? I've been really well. I uh, just relocated out of Encino, sold my home. I am renting a house in Studio City, and I love it. And I've been working a lot. As uh, you know, I was part of the Sony Pictures Flatliners release, which I'll explain in a minute. But spiritually, just have gone to more clarity, I guess, and a new connection. And I'm healthy and having a good time. Well, that's How good. How are you? I'm fine. Everything's good. I'm in St. Louis right now, but I'm going to be heading back to Los Angeles in a week. Uh, but all is well. And I was just talking to Doc Wallach about how fast this year seems to be buzzing it by, has Linda. It by so quickly. I can't believe the time has gone. We're almost at the end of the year. I mean, it, it, it was just New Year's, you know, and, and here it is. We're towards the end, and, and it, it's overwhelming. I know a few of my friends have seen you this year, and you've worked with them for at like those luncheons, and I wasn't able to make them with Karen Dahlman and um, yeah. Mark and Yeah, good people. That's right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so let us know. talk. Let's talk a little bit about these uh, near-death experiences yeah. you had. Let's start with the plane crash. Tell us what yeah. happened there. Yeah. From, from the moment you're in the plane, tell us what's going from on. When I was in the plane, but I have to back up from when I was at the coffee shop at the airport because I had a premonition that there was going to be a crack or a settlement on the body of the plane, and I didn't understand it, and I was on company business. I told my partner there's a fuelage or an exhaust settlement on the plane, and it looks like it could crack, and he looked at it and thought I was cracked. But an hour and a half later, this was in San Jose, and it was Air California back in 1981, February 17th, and um, Boeing 737-109 people. We were traveling to Orange County at John Wayne Airport. And we crash-landed to avoid collision with another plane taking off on the same runway. And the probability of everybody surviving was 2 billion to 1, because in a situation like that, it, usually everybody's gone. Um, Absolutely. As the plane came down, we touched the ground, we went back up, we came back down, we went back up, up, up. And then we stripped the landing gear, an engine fell off, and the plane cracked in half where I had the vision. And it, was caught, it caught fire slid down the ramp, which looks like a river raft. And um, while I was halfway down the ramp, this loud voice I'd never heard before 
spoke to me, and I had this whooshing sound go through me. And I hit my knees, stood up, ran, and I was near the fence of the 405 freeway. And I panned, and I realized part of me was like 50 feet out of my body, and another part stood 5 feet 8, and I was like a cyclops. I saw two different dimensions. And I just looked, and I saw the paramedics, I saw the terminal, and I saw the plane on its belly on fire, and just said, oh, my God, I just survived a plane crash, and went into shock. I don't blame you. How can you not? How could you not? How can you not? It's too big for the brain. It's too big, but... Are you afraid of flying now? No. I was for a while, and I will admit that there are times I get on a flight now, and I white-knuckle it, especially with turbulence. And uh, my stomach will drop like everybody else, but I really don't think God, the universe, the energy, whatever you want to call it, is going to put me through that again. And I'm not going to die in a plane crash. You know, it's it's not my fate. I know that I'm here for a bigger purpose spiritually. I've learned so much about the spiritual world versus the science world that I came from that I know that there's a reason for things that happen and the synchronicity and spiritual tie to it oh, all. Absolutely. It all changed, and that was the beginning of that journey. All right, the next one was some kind of fire truck accident. What happened there? Um, Beverly Glennon uh, Valley Vista. Know the area well. Yes, you do. Um, gear shift, they lost their gear shift and smashed my car, and as I saw this truck coming into my car in the front end, um, I was holding onto the steering wheel, but my body left, my soul left. What, I had an out-of-body experience. When you have a near-death experience, your, your past comes before your eyes, or events start to flash, and that's what happened. So uh, I went through it in the plane a year earlier than I had this fire truck, and the same thing happened. And when the captain got out of the truck to ask if I was okay, I was laughing because I was starting to come back into my body, and I said, yeah, last year I'm in a plane crash, and I'm getting hit by fire trucks. I mean, it became a joke, but it was overwhelmingly scary. And it was uh, out of that body and, and release and looking down and seeing the truck and seeing my car and, and seeing the past and seeing people, places, things. It's just, it's like a kaleidoscope. It sure is. I've, I've, you know, I've come close on one occasion, but not like you. Well, it was just things. I saw the light. Okay. It happened a long time ago. Um, but uh, I, you don't know if it's a dream or not no, when these are happening. science is so... Well, science is one opinion, and religion is another opinion, and we ourselves have our own opinion, but it's not a dream, and I don't think it's something that intoxicates the brain. I believe it's this planet is spiritual. There's so much negativity going on, obviously, but at the same time, there's a lot of light, there's a lot of beauty, and there's a lot of love, and that's what I think Mother Earth is screaming at us right now. But there is more negativity right now oh, than I can remember ever, in years. Ever. It's yeah. just culminating. But I don't think it's the end. I think it's transition, and it's a wake-up call. And um, when Hurricane Harvey hit... The one that, that's the one that hit Texas. Texas, right. I was inundated with emails and people on Facebook, and everybody wanted to know if it was the end of the world. And I said, no, it's not. It's transition, and it's testing, and it's, it's, it's change, and people are going to be 
going through horrible things, but it's not the end of the world. We're not dying. We're growing, and we're getting stronger, and this is a time to come together. And then look what happened in Vegas. I mean, it, it just doesn't stop. In no, Florida, it just and keeps Puerto Rico, coming. and it's, it's, we had the fires. I don't know how people can emotionally take it. We can't. We're numb. We're becoming numb. It's too much. It's kind of like going through a plane crash. Well, when you say numb, are we becoming desensitized? I think so in many ways. And in other ways, I think we're becoming more sensitive than ever. Well, maybe so. So when all these things happened, of course, there was another third episode. Want to tell us about that? Yes, I totaled a car on a rainy night in January of 84, and I just said to myself, I just want to go home, and I guess I said that at the point of impact. I T-boned a car. Oh. And Did you hydroplane, or what happened? I don't remember. I really don't remember. All I remember is that as the car was spinning, remember it was raining, it's Palms and McLaughlin, that intersection, and um, this white light went through my head, the ceiling of my car and into the heavens and this loud voice said you can come with us now or stay and do and i was given a message and it was the same voice i heard from the plane crash four years earlier three years earlier that i'd never heard before so i was given the choice to live or die and i saw colors i heard music i saw light i felt warmth i felt unconditional love like i've never experienced did you go to the other side no, I didn't go through the tunnel, but I was able to see, like, this green, like a pasture, but it's brilliantly lit up. No, and, and these events, though, happen to you almost like one after the other, like exactly. every year? Bang, bang, bang. 82, 84. Jeez, your New Year's must have been great, huh? <laughs> <laughs> my God. Yeah, you know, when the paramedics came to get me out of my car, I said, they want me off the planet, because I didn't know what was happening. Back then, George, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have people talking about paranormal activity like we do today. We didn't talk about near-death experiences. It was all the woo-woo that nobody talked about, and I had no one to go to back then. It was weird. It was lonely. It was scary. So I had to forge forward on my own and figure it out. And now it's a whole industry, it's a whole awakening, it's a whole topic of education, and people want to know, or they're admitting they've had it. So what's your take on just what death is? Oh, wow. I believe that death is just the next step of, after life. I think life is the short-term existence, and we come back many, many times, over and over and over again, we all reincarnate. And sometimes I believe this is the hell. And we come back here time and time again to get it right. Like they say, heaven on earth is to get the more spiritual lessons to balance the life and bring it all together so we can be at peace and we can be loving toward or at least nice to people and not have all this negative activity. I don't know what to call it. On here. Did these events change your life? Yes. Yes, because I never used to have these opinions. I never used to feel the way I feel. I became less materialistic. I became more conscious of human nature, plants, animals. I became hypersensitive to everything I loved only tenfold. Sony, as you were mentioning, they've just re-released the movie Flatliners. Yeah. Uh, the, the original one was with... Uh... 
Kiefer Sutherland Kiefer, and Julia that's, that's right. That's right. It was a great movie where they literally induce death, and then right. uh, they come back with uh, some injection or something. What's what's the premise on this one? Much it's like the, the other one? It's very much the same, only higher technology is used. And what they're doing is there's medical students. <clears throat> Ellen Page is one of the actresses, and they, they go in. They put themselves out, they stop the heart, and then they start having these past life recalls of certain activities and experiences in their life. And it brings up a lot of guilt or some shame or some unresolved issues, and it gives people an opportunity to go back to make amends, to be at peace and accept themselves. But a lot of what I saw in the movie, I saw it twice, I went to a screening plus the premiere, and a lot of what they depict in the movie, George, is very real to what I've experienced. I could relate, not all of it, because there was a lot of paranormal activity in the movie that I don't want to give it away, but it's very exciting. And I personally did not go through anything like that. Right. But the images are quite real. Did the producers do their homework on this movie? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. To make right. it realistic? Uh, there's a lot of it that's what I could relate to, yeah. There's some of it that was like, wow, that's 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 accurate. Not all of it, but, you know, got to make a movie. But there was a lot of research that was done that correlates with medical science as well as, I believe, the spiritual or paranormal experience. Are you afraid of the other side? I mean, you're in no rush to go there, even though no you rush. almost visited three times. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like my joke is they won't let me in. They won't were, let me out of here. You were uninvited, <laughs> Linda. They didn't invite you. You're lucky. I'm not ready to go. I'm not afraid to die because I know that it's beautiful. I know that there's um, my relatives, animals from the past that I've lived in this lifetime. I'm 63 years old now. I was 27 when this started. Wow. You know, so I've lived, I've lost, I've grieved, I've witnessed, I've developed like anybody else. It's life. But the other side is embracing, and because I think in 1996 I had several tumors removed from my hips and thighs and started mediumship, meaning I could communicate with spirits on the other side. And once I started learning that life goes on, it's just we're in a physical being, we're in a physical body, but the soul moves on. So this is just a temporary school. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.